Hello, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our mission in this world is clear. We're here to love God and love people. We hope you enjoy this podcast. All right, good morning, church. You gonna be able to stay awake? I know I got some turkey still there, lingering. Well, I hope you had a good uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, I know we had a great service here on Thanksgiving. I'm just going to tell you, if you have the opportunity to, and you're in town, you should come here on a Thanksgiving. It's such a different service, and it's so cool. And I didn't even know it was online, so I had some people say thank you um, for that. But uh, it's good to be in the Lord's house. We had, we had some fun thing. Uh, the first service, uh, visitors, that surprised me. You know how I told you about Cambodia and, and went there and worked with some pastors and stuff and told you about a guy by name of Chris? Well, he was here with a pastor Frank, from Cambodia, first service. Um, and uh, that was fun. We got to, he got to share a little bit. And uh, basically what I want to say uh, to you uh, that came out of his mouth was how grateful he is for you and the partnership uh, and, uh, with the pastors in Cambodia. Uh, I think you've heard this uh, many times, but we are supporting eight pastors now, their salaries. And then uh, I've made a commitment for every other year. So January of 2025, uh, I'll be going back out there and doing uh, uh, some Loving up on some guys, but uh, uh, it was really cool to, uh, Chan Tu was here, and uh, he's kind of the head guy, and uh, Chris LaPel, so that was awesome. Um, we're starting, uh, not starting, <laughs> starting because it's stopping today. It's just a standalone message today uh, on the church, but uh, I want to bring you back to about seven years ago. It's actually a little over. Um, where I took over as the lead pastor of this church. And um, I don't remember if it was a month or two into that. Uh, I went golfing with a former uh, worship leader of ours, Mike Brady. Some of you guys remember Mike and a couple of his friends. And we're out there golfing and Mike's telling them about the transition and stuff and invited them to church. And, and uh, they came to church. And uh, one's probably in his 50s, one, one early 60s, very successful. He's uh, got some um, well-known restaurants down there in LA and just a, a good businessman. So I was picking his brain on all sorts of things. So they come. And I remember after service, just like you, you know, you're walking and leaving out of the lobby. He's just kind of standing off to the side. And after a while, when everyone cleared out, he came up to me and he goes, Rob, um, that was great. Thank you for uh, allowing me to come. He goes, um, I'd be, I go to all kinds of places all over the world. And he goes, what I would tell you is this. I felt at home. And I was like, that's cool, especially in the context of this guy and, and all the places he goes. So then that kind of stuck in the back of my head. Two weeks later, I kid you not, there was a, a young man that was visiting the church for the first time. He was probably early 20s. And uh, he came up to me and thanked me and, and introduced himself. And he said the same exact thing. He goes, I felt like I was home. So unofficially, uh, from that moment on, so it's been a little bit over seven years, uh, we talk about this as staff. And then when we redid the lobby during um, COVID, I told my wife, we got to make two signs that say, welcome home. So you, when you're in the lobby, you see that, right? And, and, and I share that because we're going to talk about the church. But what I did this week for the very first time is I actually looked up the word home in the dictionary. And, and check this out. Home, a safe harbor or haven, 
It's a place where one feels comfortable, a place to build memories, and a place where I feel I belong. Isn't that awesome? And, and I pray as we talk about the church, and I'm not talking, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the big church and the church worldwide at the beginning of the message, and then, and then we'll transition into our church. But I don't have control or, or, or charge of all the other places. But we're ta- when we talk about here, I love, here's me, I love the fact that people, and I hope seven years later, could show up here and say the same thing. Like, I feel like this place is home. And I love the definition because it's like a place where I can make memories, a place that I feel safe in, a place where I belong. And that ought to be the church, amen? Now, let me just tell you, once in a while, we should feel a little uncomfortable, okay? Okay? But that's kind of a whole different definition because we want a safe place to hear a dangerous message, don't we? And once in a while, Christians, we need to feel a little bit uncomfortable with what God's word says because our life doesn't match up with it. All right? But just the beautiful warmth of that definition of home is so good. I love Matthew chapter 16. If you open up your Bibles, which we believe this is God's word, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus says this. And I tell you, Peter, on this what? On this what? I can't hear you at home. Our our online viewers, can you? Yeah, okay, there, that's good. All right. Upon this rock, I will build my what? Church, first time church ever mentioned. And the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will what? They're not going to win. That's the loose translation. They're not going to prevail. So there you are. You've got Jesus. You've got Peter. And Peter's the one that speaks and then thinks. You have any of those around the table at Thanksgiving? No, I'm just going to stop right there. (laughs) You might have been the one. But anyways, but Peter was one of those ones. And Jesus says, Peter, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. And, And Jesus is for the church. In some ways, you could say Jesus died for the church, and you could say Jesus is coming back for the church. Because the church is not brick and mortar. It's not two by fours. And it's not the thing that has a big, nice cross on it. And it's not all the things that the world thinks the church is. The church are the people. Right? It's the people. You and I as Christ followers, when we get together and we could go over to Shoe Park, we're the church. We could go over to Target this afternoon and go in the toy aisle and we gather. We're the church. So it's not a building like everybody else, most people in the world think, but the church is so important and so special. So that's why we're going to talk about the church from a 30,000 foot view. And then we're going to talk about West Valley and, and what makes us a little unique. Father, thank you. Help me to have the energy, to have the, the concentration, to have the passion and compassion to share the word today. And that can only be done through your Holy Spirit. May our hearts be ready to hear your message, whether we believe in the church, whether we've made that commitment to you, or we've been walking with you for over 50, 60 years. Wherever we're at, you do your thing. Help us to be ready. In Jesus' name. All God's people said?
Amen. So you're taking notes right down in this. Number one, big picture, big picture. We're going to talk about the 30,000 foot view of the church. And when we talk about the church, I believe, honestly, I think every church should have this as their priority. Um, but who's to say, right? I say it should be the priority because Jesus said it's the priority. So if you look at Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, and this very familiar verse for those of you that have attended West Valley for a long time, I want it to become fresh. Look at this with new eyes, with new ears, with a new heart. And for those of you here for the first time, get ready for what life is really about. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus. Isn't that crazy? This guy's got spunk. He's got guts. He's got all kinds of other things. He's going to challenge Jesus. And he says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, for you and I, that might not mean a whole lot, but I think most people, whether you go to church or not, you've heard of the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not steal, right? But there's actually over 600, 600 commandments. So he's going, all right, Jesus. And I don't even know if he expected an answer. I think most of the time when they ask questions of Pharisees and Sadducees, they're trying to trap them. Which is, the, which is the greatest commandment? Now, what's funny, and I've shared this before, it wasn't like Jesus said, hmm, get back to me on that one. You guys go eat, and then in an hour, I'll thought that. He's like, finally. And he, and he answers. And, and this, we should be on the edge of our seats. Like, of all 600, what is the most important, or is there a most important? And Jesus said this in verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So love God with all your what? Heart, soul, mind. Love God with what? Heart, soul, and mind. This is the greatest commandment. And then Jesus always takes things to the next level. And oh, there's a second one too. And he says what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the prophets and all the law hang on these two commandments. And this is, this, is, this is why, I mean, it might sound like an arrogant statement, and I don't mean it arrogant, but that's why I believe every church, this should be what drives them. And I think anything outside of that, where we're really, it, it could be good stuff, but it's not the most important stuff. Because Jesus is the one that said, this is what is most important. And that's to love God and to what? Love others. And then by the way, and this is a whole nother sermon and I'm sharing this to remind those of you that have been with us for a while, but also for those of you this is new to you, I think there's something key in here that most pastors won't talk about. But I think it's really key and it's just my personal opinion, okay? This is Rob Denton's personal opinion. But I think it's hard to obey the first and the second without that little thing at the end of it that says, as yourself. I think the reason a lot of us have a hard time relating to God or loving God and why we have a hard time relating to others and especially loving others is we don't love ourselves. And I don't mean the self-love like, oh, I'm the greatest one in the world. You know, we were joking about that the other day with sports again. It's like, Good night. You score a touchdown, hand the ball to the ref like you've been there before. You know, you make a simple layup in the NBA. Why do you have to run down like this? You know, it's like, dude, you just got paid $100,000 for making that little layup. 
Act like you've been there before. So, you know, my uncle and I have fun. Uncle Casey, you're watching. We had fun picking on that, you know. And I said, well, Uncle Casey, again, that's like me preaching a sermon going, bam, I was good. Ah, good. You know, it's like, come on, right? So we're not talking that kind of love yourself. But we're talking about a a self-love that the honest truth is a lot of people struggle with. And that's seeing value in who you are. And how I like to say it is not who you are, but whose you are. Because if we could think about whose we are, we go back to Genesis and God says that we are made in my image. So none of you are trash. None of you is not valuable. None of you is worthless. All of us are made in the image of God. Therefore, all of us have value. Amen. So, so that's, that's, that's key. That's the big picture church. Our job is to love God, love people. That's why on the wall out in the lobby, it says love God, love people in the biggest font that's out there. And this could be a wonderful thing, can't it? But it could also be an awful thing. Loving God could be the most, the, the most wonderful thing, the life-changing thing in the world, and it could be the most difficult thing in the world. Because, I don't know, human tendency says when things are good, God is good, and when things are bad, God's not even anywhere to be seen. And I'm telling you, I, I know this just from yesterday. A Saturday afternoon, a couple days after Thanksgiving, my phone is lighting up with hard. People just struggling. And in some of those conversations, it's like, where's God? Or is there a God? And you're like, with compassion, you say yes, and, and you feel bad, and, and, and you're not a bad person for thinking those things. But here's the reality, church, that I need to practice for my life, and that we need to practice for all of our lives, and that the church needs to communicate to the world, because Starbucks and Google and, and Target aren't going to do this, because it's not their job. But we need to remind people Whether our day is good or our day is bad, God is still God. Our things might change, but God doesn't change. And yes, it's hard when we have to go through hard. And yes, we've like got to snap his fingers and fix it. But the reality is God is still God. He has not changed. Maybe our circumstances have. So this love God, love people thing can be hard. And sometimes, and you've heard me say this, lovely people are easy to love. And then there's those other kind of people. Can I hear an amen? Just let it all out. Because we all have those people. But see, Jesus modeled loving people, didn't he? Especially in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what the gospels are all about. That's what Jesus' ministry was all about. He didn't love that though, those people that were easy to love. Those Pharisees and Sadducees that were constantly after him, he loved all of them even though they were difficult people. And he loved on the people in the culture. Women weren't loved on much. Uh, Children weren't loved on much. The sick with leprosy and paralysis or whatever, they weren't loved on much. But Jesus loved them. And he modeled that over and over again. And you look at story after story in scripture. When Jesus came alongside people and he came alongside children and he came alongside pain, he modeled to those that were watching His love is for everybody. We're going to talk more about that in specifics in just a little bit. Matthew chapter 28. Some have called it the Great Commission. I call it marching orders from Jesus. 
in some of his last words. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples or make Christians of all nations. And he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why we baptize full immersion, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized, come talk to me. If you haven't made that first time decision, come talk to me or go to the, law, uh, the Welcome Center, talk to them. We would love to study with you. But he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on and says, continue to teach them. So our job's not like fire insurance, one and done. We get baptized, we say yes to Jesus, and then we get to keep living however we want. It's like, no. And then he says, continue to teach them all I have commanded you. And by the way, I'm going to be with you to the very end of the age. I'm not, I'm not a one and done with you either. I'm going to hang out with you all the way. And so especially during those difficult times, Pastor John talked about this last week in his sermon about suffering and perseverance, especially during those times. He's there for us. Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The scripture says in Matthew and Hebrews, it says, you know, you could come to the cross to a God that that sympathizes with us and gives us grace, doesn't condemn us. Amen? So so that's that's like big picture version of what I personally think scripture teaches all churches ought to be about. Because let's let's talk about it again, right? Nike is not sitting around a boardroom going, how can we win more people to Jesus? Right? And Tesla's not sitting around going, gosh, how can we win more people to Jesus Christ? Well, I'm not picking on them because that's not their job. You know what their job is? Bottom line, where's the money? Where's the profit? That's their job. And I'm not condemning them for that. That's what they created themselves for. And that's what they're doing. And But that's what the church is for. The church is to help people love people and love God. And if we go squirrel, if we kind of go off on a tangent and you go, well, how can churches go off tangents? Well, you could go off tangents with personalities. You know, some churches, it's all about the person that's up there, the, the him or the her that's up there. And you put them on a pedestal and clap, 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 because he or she is so amazing. And we go, oh, that's, that's, that's a squirrel. You don't go there. Uh, but something that's, you know, sometimes it's money. But sometimes, check this out. Sometimes it's really good stuff. Sometimes churches go a little off track and a little squirrel. And I know I'm going to have some disagreement here. And that's why there's two exits. And I know right where they're at. <laughs> Social justice. Oh, pastor, are you not about social justice? All those poor people that, that, that don't have clothes, that, that need clothes, or those people that don't have food that need food, or, or all those, it breaks my heart so bad, the young women especially, and children with sex trafficking and all that, and just having been in Mexico and experiencing some of that. All that stuff makes me sick. All that stuff is, is horrific. But hear this, uh, hear me out. If we clothe everybody and we save everybody from safe, uh, sex trafficking and, 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 and we feed everybody and we do all these wonderful social justice things, but people don't know Jesus, then we've missed the boat. And please hear me on that. Again, I'm not saying those things aren't important. Those are incredibly important things. But if the church is all about doing those things and forget about preaching God's word and helping people come to Jesus Christ, then we've missed the point of the church. And it's quiet in here. Exits. No, I'm not going to exit because that's what the, the word says, you guys. 
So we learn to love people. We learn to love God. And with that, then we go out in the world and we, we play that out. And that's where the social justice comes in. That's how we vote. And that's how we live life. But here, that's why, ooh, I better not. I I will. That's why COVID was so hard because everyone's wanted me to do Black Lives Matter stuff and all the racial stuff, which is important. And everyone's wanted me to tell you to vote for Trump or vote for Biden, which that government, that's important stuff. And then everyone is wanting me to tell you where, whether you should wear a mask or not wear a mask. And every, everyone, and it's like, and Jesus said, no, 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 Rob, you preach this. You preach this, you help people to love God and love others, and then they get to figure out how that plays out. All right. (laughs) West Valley Christian Church. So we talked about the big church. Now we're going to talk about West Valley and and write this down, core values. Now, again, there, there are hundreds, maybe even thousands of core values out there. But in my life... You know, I've been here at 35 years at West Valley Christian Church as a pastor and had different roles. And one of the roles, I, I led a service at night called Journey. And um, by the way, those of you that used to go to Journey, I got to see Dwayne and uh, Ashley and their four boys uh, over the trip. They were in town. They're doing great. And they say hi. Um, that was an important season in their life. But with that, had some really cool things. But towards the end of that, I started thinking about core values. And I kept it all to myself. And, and I came up with five core values. And I'd share them with Pastor Glenn at the time. And, and it was just kind of a personal thing. But then when I took over as lead pastor, I felt like, you know, God had done that in my life. And I played those things out in ministry without telling anyone other than Pastor Kirby. And then I said, well, what if, what if we implement this as a church? And then we talked through it with the staff. And, and they were all on board. And, and, and we've shared these things. Now, so if you've been a part of West Valley for any period of time, my prayer would be, and I don't want to know, but I do. My prayer would be that you would be able, I'd be able to walk up to you and go, what are our, what are our five core values? And you'd be able to go boom, 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 boom. Now I'm going to tell you, you could go to any of our staff and they better be able to rattle them off. And if they can't, you come tell me. All right. Just a hint. They're on the wall on the other side, right there in the lobby, real big. They're all over the place. But these are, these are what I call a filter for us. They're not from heaven. Jesus didn't send them down to me. I didn't wake up with a tattoo of them on my arm and going, God said, right? I'm just telling you that these are our five that we find important. And we filter most of ministry through these five in our staff meetings. And so here is who West Valley is. Are you ready? All right, so Pastor John, just being so gifted in so many ways, he's got this gift of acrostics. And when I was doing it one um, day, uh, it, he was actually paying attention to staff. That was good. And uh, <laughs> he goes, hey, G felt. Because if you spell them out, G felt, that'll always help you remember. It helps me to remember them. So the first core value is generosity. Generosity. And we talk about generosity at our church all the time. I believe we are a very generous church. Um, 
This is an opportunity to share with you. This has been a struggle year for the very first time as a, as a lead pastor. I still have not sent you a letter in seven years asking for money other than Thanksgiving for special events and stuff. But I've never talked to you about our general fund and all that kind of stuff. I will tell you, it's been a very hard year uh, uh, financially. And so I would just say, always check yourself. If you're a Christ follower, are you being generous with God? Are you tithing? All that kind of stuff. But generosity as a church, as a whole, you guys are just amazing. (laughs) I mean, truly amazing with your generosity. But one of the things I want to be able to do, just so you know, is I want us to be generous. And you go, what does that mean? Well, churches are known to do this a lot to the community. What's that? Asking for a handout, right? And that's just kind of how it is because, you know, we're low on the food chain and oh, we need help. You know? But when I took over, I said, I want us to be a generous church. And I want to be known as that church that doesn't ask for stuff, but gives stuff to the community. So uh, you don't know all this, but we've, we've partnered with a lot of local businesses, especially over COVID. And we did things where we did meals for all the nurses and the doctors over at West Hills Hospital. We've done things with, you know, hope of the, I mean, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff. And, and we want to get better at that where the communities now, actually some of the businesses like, that's always cool. You know, and so when we ask for a basket for harvest, it's like, here's two, you know, because generosity breeds generosity, doesn't it, church? And so we want to be a generous church. And, and you've heard some of this stuff. But again, this is for those of you that are new, but also to be reminded of if this is your home, everything that I share, you're a part of. You may not have been there for a front row seat to see it, but you're a part of. So I, I've said this a million times. We love our police and we love our firemen. Are they perfect people? Absolutely not. But, but they do sacrifice a lot for us. And so we do things for our police department, our community. This, this auditorium is used oftentimes for community events, for, um, for the West Hills Council events, uh, for police events where they, uh, educate people. Uh, we've got a fentanyl, uh, uh, education coming again here. We do all that stuff free. Actually, our funerals, a lot of our funeral services or our celebration services, we do for free outside of just some minimal cost of, uh, we don't rent out this facility. I mean, we can make a lot of money doing that. But, but it's my heart and my staff knows this, that we want to be a, a service to the community. Does that make sense? So that's part of, part of what you get to be a part of. The shoe boxes. We just had hundreds and hundreds of shoe boxes done for uh, Samaritan's Purse. I mean, uh, if, if, if we didn't put a picture of it in the newspaper, the church let, newsletter, I'm going to ask that we do that. It was crazy how many shoe boxes you guys gave. And I'll tell you, they go all over the world. And, and I, I, I specifically could tell you, we used to bring teams to Chile uh, right after Christmas, like a day after Christmas or two days. And we'd be in Chile doing all kinds of different ministries. And one year we were there and a little kid had one of those boxes that he got from who knows what church over here. But those boxes literally land in the hands of people. Uh, the pastors from Cambodia, when I was talking about this afterwards, they're like, yes, we get shoe boxes for our kids in poverty. And so you guys are a part of that and I'm grateful for that. That's generosity. Um, Blood drive. We just had a blood drive again here a couple of weeks ago. You know, some of you, you could do that. Some of you have never done it. Some of you can't do it. It doesn't matter, but to provide the opportunity for life-saving blood. I love that this church provides that opportunity. Uh, we went to New Mexico and helped prepare homes, uh, repair homes. Kenya, 800 kids in a vacation Bible school and there was only 10 people from our church. 
Ten people served 800 kids in the slums. Isn't that awesome, West Valley? And these are the things when we talk about being generous. The, the staff and the elders have been generous with my time. They've allowed me to consult with and help a church in Hawaii. They happen to have been here um, uh, Thursday at our service because their daughter's the, the, the starting setter for um, UCLA Volleyball. There's, they're all Simone's big, big kids playing USC football and I'm all the different places. And I had them up here. You know, he took over a church, never, never been a pastor at 52. I think he's 52 years old and his wife and all these kids. Not only was the church ready to close its doors, but today he told me they're opening up a second service. But you as a church have allowed our staff to go places and encourage churches like in Hawaii and churches in Samoa and churches in Cambodia and churches in Kenya. Our our ministry at West Hills Hospital, we are the chaplain over there. They, now, other chaplains, they charge and they, you know, they, 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 you know, and I'm not saying they shouldn't, but West Hills has never had a chaplain and we tried to get to in there for six years and they said no for six years. Finally, because of Pastor Greg's uh, persistency, they finally said yes. And we are the official chaplains over there. Isn't that awesome, church? Now, you guys are a part of allowing us to do that. Coming alongside people that are hurting, that are sick, that are suffering and also rejoicing at times. And then the local needs. We have local needs within our community, our community here. And we'll find out through life groups or the front office and, and church. Do you know that you help each other out and you're generous? And with that, we are also part of a group that's uh, it's a network where in our community outside, just locally, I think it goes to Van Nuys to the 118 over here to the 101. And anytime someone needs a, a, a high chair or a bed or a desk or something, diapers or something in our community, we're notified to that stuff. And we make decisions on who we can help out with what. Isn't that awesome? So I, I share all this because generosity is a core value at West Valley Christian Church. We will have given over $200,000 to our community and to international communities. Isn't that amazing? It's because of you guys. Yes. And then we had Harvest Festival. We got Christmas Village coming up. Christmas Village. You know, we were a little over a thousand last year. We expect to be over 2000 this year. And it's going to happen because of you. You're going to invite your friends. You're going to invite your family. You're going to invite your neighbors. You're going to invite your coworkers. But we also need help. You know, it, it doesn't, we don't snap our fingers and then magically this village appears. It's amazing if you haven't been at it. There's this boutique and there, there's food and then there's light tunnels that tell the story of creation with all this music from actors and actresses that have been recorded of Bible verses, live entertainment. I mean, you could be there every night and experience it. And so I want you to go there. But the other thing is we still need help. So on your way out, go to the Welcome Center and say, you know what? I want to help out. And you know what? I I hope it changed after first service. But you know where we're we're needing the most help? And it makes me kind of sad. I'm just going to be honest. We've had, we've up until this morning, we, we didn't have anyone signing up for our prayer garden. Other than the person that's in charge of it. Now, church, understand that people go through this whole tunnel of creation, end up at a manger scene. It's an amazing experience. This garden is awesome. And people put up all kinds of hundreds of requests last year. And then you're there to say, hey, can I pray for you? And we didn't have anyone sign up. 
Now, I hope after first service they did, but if they didn't, go, go sign up. We need people to help build. Well, I don't build. Well, if you know how to throw a hammer or you know how to move a piece of plywood, we need you. Can I hear an amen, Tiny? Because <laughs> you don't want poor pastor, right? All right, anyways. <sighs> There's so much to say. The second core value is fun. And we're going to fly through these last ones. I always hit on generosity hard because that's just, I'm just passionate. Fun. Did you know we can smile as Christians? <laughs> it's not a sin. Some churches, if you smile, you'd be in trouble. In some churches, if I raised my voice like this, I'd be excommunicated and thrown out on the street as a crazy man. Some of you think I should be thrown on the street as a crazy man, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> But fun. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 10, the thief comes only to still kill and what? Destroy. But I've come that they may have life and laugh. Wait, and life and have it to the full. Amen. Do you have fun as a Christian? Do you enjoy life? You know, church, I don't know about you, but this book tells me I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I'm co-heirs with Christ. I'm loved. I'm filled. I'm blessed. And I have grace abundantly all over my life. That should bring a smile to my face and it should bring a smile to your face. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Do I need to mention tambourines? Man, on Celebrate, we had 350 of them. I left mine on the desk. Otherwise, I was going to shake my tambourine. You can shake your tambourine in church, and it's not a sin. Proverbs seventeen twenty two: a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, says Proverbs fifteen thirteen. but heartache crushes the spirit. Let our laughter, let our joy, let our smile crush the stuff that wants to well up within us and rob us of these things. Generosity, fun, and then the next core value is excellence. You know, my son is um, an engineer, firefighter for LAFD, Los Angeles Fire Department. And when we were at his graduation, the chief of the fire department said this, LAFD strives for perfection, settles for excellence. And I thought to myself, if the fire department strives for perfection and settles for excellence, shouldn't the church shouldn't the church now we need to be our excellent not the world's excellent or not the excellent of the churches down the street and comparison we need to be our best for god and then you need to be your best for god amen i think about a passage that's in colossians three twenty two: slaves obey your earthly masters and everything and do it not only when there's eyes on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Now check this out, verse 23. Whatever you do, whatever means what, church? Oh, you guys are so smart. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. I think that is the best passage for excellence. When we do things, we do it with our best effort because God gave his best. Amen. And I tell that to the staff all the time. That's why we try and keep the facility like we do. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Don't turn on the lights and see this carpet up here, please. But we do it with excellence. Matter of fact, we have a staff member that's in here that um, cleans our facility. She's phenomenal because she does things with excellence. Let's give it up for her.
Children's ministry. They strive to do things with excellence. Don't you want them doing that with your children? Our teenagers, our prayer ministry, our celebrate recovery, whatever it is, we're going to be our best for God. Life change is our fourth. These aren't in any particular order, but life change is so important. I'll give you a hint. If I were to say my favorite one, it's this one. Because that's why we do what we do as much as I'm into the generosity. Life change is what it's all about. Second Corinthians 517. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Church, I want you to watch this video. We played this at Celebrate, but some of you missed it, and I want to play it again. This is a video of people that got baptized this year or were Christians already and became members. Who takes our brokenness and makes us whole again? Who turns the darkness into light? Only Jesus. Who takes our emptiness and fills us up again? Who traded death to give me life? Only Jesus. people and if you're a part of this church you're a part of that because you gather together this allows someone that's driving down the street that decides to have the courage to turn in here and I can tell you story after story especially of young men which is weird this year of men coming on Wednesdays and Thursdays just driving and and they feel something and they come in here 
or people on the internet that are, that, that aren't wanting to come into church, but they watch us on average of two to three times before they ever come here and some for months. But when they show up here, they show up. I pray to a place that is welcome home, a place where they feel like they belong, a place where God's presence is and where God's words being preached and a place where they want to make memories. And church, if you are, are committed to this body, I applaud you because you've allowed your presence to be here worshiping God to be a safe place for others to get to know God's word and make first time decisions. Amen. And then the life change, just those 50 up there, the life change. And it gets goosebumps on both services because their stories. This is the ones that I know about of just those people that God is in the business of changing lives back then. And he's in the business of changing lives now. Amen. And that's the business of the church that leads me to the last core value, which is team. First Corinthians 12, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its parts are many from one body. So it is with Christ for we are all baptized in one spirit. So as to form one body, whether Jews, Gentiles, slave free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Church, this isn't a one man show here. It's not a one woman show. My staff is unbelievable. I love my team. We're not perfect, but I love them. And we work together. And then you are my team. Every email I've ever sent in the last seven years starts off with, Dear teammate, because we're in this together. So what's the challenge? Well, if you've not said yes to Jesus Christ, that's the challenge. (laughs) To say yes to him. To let him change your life. And secondly, if you've said yes to Jesus and you're a part of this church, then what of those five things is God saying maybe you need to take a step up on? Is it, is it generosity? Is it fun? Is it excellence? Is it life change? Because all of us are transforming, aren't we? Or is it team? Because to be on a team, you need to show up. <laughs> what is it? Father, thank you. Help us to be the best church that we can be, to make the greatest impact that we can in the West End of this Valley. Thank you for all the positives of this church. And Lord, if we need it readjusting, help us to do so. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Tender mercies and your love that you've always shown.